Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. Anyway, um, <laughs> I uh, I went over my team top to bottom yes yesterday mm-hmm. uh, with a fine tooth comb. Um, we uh, we are on the precipice of potentially calling it a year. I uh, the listen. I've got two games against you. I got two games against Joel. So in regards to my own division, I actually do have a way to get back to the top of the division. Here's the problem. The problem yeah, is, sure. is as we've talked about numerous times before on this podcast, um, it's all well and good that I've got games against both you and Joel, my own division. Great. Perfect. Awesome. I don't have games. Well, I think I have one game against uh, Scott and one against your dad. Now, the thing about that is, is you, well, my issue is that I've got a leapfrog four teams. That's that's the yeah, problem. Exactly. Is that now you're now you're hoping that the four teams above you each have a hiccup. And and the other yeah. issue is is Scott currently is 3 games ahead of me. So yeah. Uh, yeah. it's not so much that I discount my own division. I've got a way to get back to the top if, like you know if I can win. Now prop pro- Math, Mathem- yeah, mathematically, yeah. the way I've been playing lately, I've got no chance. But or the way my team's <laughs> been playing lately, I've got no chance. But uh, it's it really come every. Why re- you think you can help well, out the team on the no, ice? No, I do not think I can help the team out on the ice. That's the issue. Is that I just had to I just had to, to, to sit there and take it while I lost to Ryan. Yeah. Just had to sit there and yeah. take it. But in, in it, it uh. really comes down to Scott and. What you really got to do is kind of look at the bare basics here. He's got three games up on me. I think I have maybe one game against him. Okay, so I win that one. He's two games ahead of me. But that's what seven weeks left. Yeah. And you and I both have seen his schedule. And sorry, (laughs) right now, (laughs) right now, Scott, to a certain extent, as long as he can, as long as Scott does what Scott has done this year, He's in the driver's. He's in the driver's mm-hmm. seat. Yeah, it's just a lose. Well, I mean, I I won't literally go that far and say that that it's his to lose right now. I well, I won't. You should. Well, no, I put a hex well, on. I, well, yeah, I suppose. I, yeah, it's yours, to lose, Scotty. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it it becomes very <laughs> tough, even for both you and Joel, on two fronts. One, his schedule as compared to no matter what you and him have, or you and Joel have. And both you and Joel, you can almost sit there and say that you are going to cannibalize yourselves because you've got games against Joel. He's got games against you. So somebody's losing, somebody's winning. So somebody's getting further away from Scott. So Scott kind of has, in a funny way, I guess I'll put it this way. He has a couple of levels advantage right now. It's not even just one advantage. It's kind of a couple. Yeah. And you've got, and you made a good point. And, uh, and I think actually, yeah. And I think it's fair to say we're in it right now. Oh, we're in it. Um, welcome to the show. All we're, we're starting with CFHL because it, it, this is a critical week and I hadn't really considered it before until you 
sort of put it out. And a lot actually, you know, what's funny is a lot of it has to do with this week because it's Scott and I versus yeah. each other right now. If I, if I manage to beat Scott, that actually yeah. gives you, because yeah. you're all due respect to Jason, you should win this week. So if I beat Scott this week, that opens the door wider for you. And if I beat Scott this week also, obviously it makes things a lot more interesting for Joel, myself and Scott, because I also Joel should be winning this week as well. Um, so if I manage to beat Scott this week, then it's very much a three horse battle for first in a sense that it's clear, but it's murky for my dad and you as well. Not that you're out of it. It's just that if, again, if we went, if we, if I beat Scott this week, it helps us all out, which is, I mean, duh. he's in first right now. And if you beat him, obviously it helps and, everybody and, out. But I just mean that it, in the sense that if I lose to him, he continues, he conti- yeah, he's extending that he just lead continues on the path. Yeah. Beyond. Yeah. And like you said, with his schedule, for all of us, good luck. If Scott wins this week, good luck catching up to Scott after this week if he wins because of that schedule. Um, I believe, like you said, like he is playing against um, predominantly easier or winnable games the rest of the way. I am obviously in the way for him right now. But after that, it's Joel and my dad. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I'm only I'm one of three games that he's got remaining against a team that he needs to beat well, in order to win. So if he beats me this week, he's only got Joel, which is one, two, three, four weeks away. So that's in theory one, two. That's four more wins that Joel has to keep pace with before he actually has to face Scott. Which, to be fair, Scott can very conceivably beat Joel regardless of well, what I mean, week look it's at in. The, I mean. Because Look at of the, his team. So. It's the whole year for Scott, right? Like, uh, both as it stands right now, um, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> both your your brother and Scott are tied for the league lead in points for at 892. Now, yeah. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, and aside from everything we just talked about, you know, let's. Well, I guess we'll kind of give our, our listeners and then the folks out there a little bit of a rundown of what's going on. So, Scott is leading the league right now at 13 and five. Um, you've got yourself, Marty, and your brother, Joel, at 12, 5, and 1, uh, tied for second place. If we're being technical, Joel actually holds second because of points four. Then we go down to the Buccaneers sitting at 11 and 6. So many storylines, man. At 11 and 6 are the Buc- are the Buccaneers. <laughs> and then <laughs> yours truly on a, on a four-game losing streak. <laughs> I haven't won in a month. I haven't timing. Won a, oh impeccable my god, it's timing. so impeccable. Is <laughs> sitting at 10, 7, and 1. So I have a really, 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 really outside chance of being able to keep the trophy. Very outside chance. But mm. there, a couple of things I wanted to touch on. I'm sure there's been other weeks like this throughout the years, but man, talk about a massive, massive game this week. The Bergans yourself against Scott, 13 and 5 at top of the league. And the reason why I mention go out of my way to mention this you've got yourself the brigands are on a five game winning streak right now have not lost in a month and a week against the royals who have got a seven game winning streak going on right now like they're almost two <laughs> months without a friggin' loss so th- this yep. is like huge huge matchup this week huge. and 
two teams that are just on fire right now. Like you guys are just. And what's really important about this, beyond everything we just said, what's really interesting about this week. So this, and I need to, I need you to, I need everybody to know this because I, I don't like, I don't like to beat your second best. If I'm going to beat the best, I want to beat the best top to bottom, and I'm, and I'll get to it. So this week I've got 52 games, man games, and Scott had 46 leading up to i think it's, it's those numbers are pretty much that's what it was okay. it might be off by one but anyways 52 46 leading up to uh yesterday's deadline to submit your team which was 1 p.m actually yesterday and he had vanacek and huso so the problem with vanacek and huso is that they played every single night the same night they played th- only three games and i was looking at his schedule and i thought you know what tristan jerry He's already slated to play against the Islanders, and he's got so he's got four games this week, and he's playing on offsetting nights. And the the other reason for that is that Jerry plays on, uh, or sorry, Pittsburgh plays on Sunday, giving you one last effort to potentially. If you're behind, you've got a goalie who can potentially get you. You know, let's say there's a shutout, that's all you're missing, and you win it. So it gives you an outside chance to come back from, like, to come from behind for a win. I put all that together and I sent Scott a message and I said, Scott, what are you doing? You've got an hour left and you've got Huso and Vanacek starting. I think you should go with Jerry. I think it's your better play. He wrote back saying, I've been debating it all day. I have no idea what to do right now. I'm sitting with these two guys for this reason, but you make a good point. I don't know what I'm going to do. Long story short, he went with Jerry and they lost. (laughs) He lost yesterday, uh, which, you know, again, I not like maybe it's a hex thing. <laughs> like maybe like, I should get my I, could ju- I don't. Know. I would love but to I just... be a fly on the wall at Scott's house at say that was an earlier game. So that was about a seven o'clock <laughs> game. So let's say quarter after ten ish, if you will, or ten. I would have loved yeah. to have been a fly on the wall. He's just throw. He's That's throwing period, anything yeah. he can at the wall. <laughs> Marty, you mother. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Marty. Oh man, but I mean look. Now, if I can't put a hex on you, I'm going to influence you to put the wrong guy. Now, listen, I mean, we've gone over CFHL top to bottom. I mean, you know what, Marty, you kind of said it the best. Like things every week right now is huge for for any for any team in contention. I mean, you can even go as far down as myself, the fifth place team. Like it's important because, dude, if I don't take this week for whatever silly reason, like like it's done. It's done. Wow. And. And, that and that's is, what yeah. I went over over the course of, well, I guess it would have been yesterday. So, you know, we put our lineups in. Oh, emotional day. Oh, emotional day. Oh my <laughs> God. It was emotional. I think there was a tear. I think there was, I think there was a tear, maybe, a, yeah. possibly. Well, it shouldn't should, be. shouldn't be. Should but. be. You're the reigning oh, dude, champ. You shouldn't go down dude, with seven weeks e- left. It's not even that, though. It's, yeah. I've always been the type of guy, like, you have to know when you're out of it like you have to like look i mean in regards to the division again we talked about it right off the top i've got two games against you i've got two games against joel there's no way i'm giving up the division right now like my giving up the division right now no i'm not even giving up the the uh um i'm not even giving up first place either but you have to i do find you have to be realistic in this pool as well and the reason for that is I've always been a type of guy to maximize my assets. So if I see that there isn't a path for me to really kind of lay the hammer down, 
then you start kind of saying to yourself, okay, well, who does this team need and who does this team need and and so on and so forth. Yeah. Like, you have to be able to realize when you're out. Because if you don't and you and oh, I, I, I think I could still make it if I give a second round entry draft pick for a guy that would yeah. normally cost you what, like a fifth or sixth or whatever. Like you have to be you have to be careful. Yeah. Like case in point, a perfect example of managing uh, your assets to me was Vladimir Tarasenko. You I, I don't want to say you weren't high on him like serviceable player guy that could get you two points yep three points four points depending if he has a good week maybe maybe he's getting you five or six but you have over the course of a couple of trades over the past few months have made sure to fill in maybe not all the gaps but fill in the gaps to a point where you're comfortable and and listen like you know did you want to trade saros no I'm sure it wasn't the oh you know what I think I'll just trade Sarah just no, be, not just be shits and giggles. Things worked things worked out oh, that you were man. able to get a goaltender back that works for you. You've been you've yep. been again five game winning streak. Obviously everything's going well. So you, you thanks a lot of perch that trade because that well, got me as advantage it, and Zabanjad. I, I mean lately. I'm I don't think I'm telling you anything you didn't know. I mean before that trade with Joel, you had quite mm-hmm. a few holes in upcoming drafts and. And 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 I don't I'm, I don't say this to be mean, but I mean there are there are still some areas to oh. fill in if you so choose to, if yes. you so choose to. But yeah. I know you, and I know that you you know once it gets to a comfort level for you, you're you're pretty good. And I'm I get a feeling like you've yeah. been there for a little bit there now. Uh, if something comes up where you can fill up a gap, sure, no problem. But not bad, not bad. I was very close to sending uh, you an offer. That's all right. Very close. And, and that I, it's not so much that I need to do it. It's more, I think I'm getting, I might, I like the only reason I didn't do it because I'm still debating. I I do think I'm going to send you the offer. Um, and, uh, and we'll, we'll go from there. I know you don't like doing this online, so I'll, I'll save, uh, I'll save the information for some other time, but it's not so much that I need the reason why I've sat back on is because I don't feel like I necessarily yeah. need it. Like I know we're talking about this because I went from six picks in the first round um, to nine. And more importantly, those particular picks really plugged certain holes that would have otherwise, I would have gone back to back without picks, which really would have hurt my chances. Should I do well this year? My only hope is to do something in the draft. And with six picks in the draft, predominantly at the bottom half of the draft, I wasn't going to be able to do much. Now, I'm lucky that this year, because the way I look at it, maybe I shouldn't reveal this because it's part of my strategy, but I think it's, it's, this is an open strategy, really. This year in particular is going to be interesting because a lot of the draft picks are held by basically one person in the top three rounds. Uh, it's essentially Jason. Um, now, we all know what Jason's doing. He's going to be rebuilding. He's not going to look. He might look to grab a couple of guys that might help him this year, but I don't think he's looking to win it next year. I don't think that's where or, his team is at. Or he's he'll grab getting... guys that he can trade off, knowing full well he can trade them off. Yeah, but I don't know that he's doing that in the first round true, because true, there's some true. really good young players to grab in the first three rounds. After the first three rounds, I think that's when mm-hmm. he would look at doing that. So that tells me, and I only realized this really uh lately is that 
I don't need to worry so much about the first three rounds. I do have a pick in the second round. But in terms of picking up some of the players that I currently have on my team, there's a strong chance I can still sure. pick them up later. So what do I need to do? I need to make sure that those later picks have doubles up. And I, that's where my greed is coming in. And that's why I was going to send you something recently. And it's, an, and, and it's, it's either you or another GM that I'm going to go after because I do need something. I don't want to fall off the map right now because obviously yeah. I'm still I'm competitive. Yep. I'm still in it. But time is running out. So I have, I have one more player that I know could fetch me something nice. And he's currently on the bubble only because... I'm in <laughs> I my team is always a early to mid 30s okay. type of team where these guys are established they're going I'm going to get the points because I know these I know what to expect from my players. I I've never been a team that sort of looks at younger players and is patient okay. with them. I tend to drop <laughs> them and go grab them later when they've proven it. <laughs> so that's kind of where I go. So there is there is one player on my team that I think you might even be surprised that I that he would be available, and uh, and is but I'm again I'm hemming and hawing about it because damn it if he's not a good player with a strong future and I feel like he could still like I I don't know you bet you better text me after this show is done bud <laughs> it's like. Because I'm telling might, you right I now, it, it's like, just it, eating at me. But that's okay. That's okay. I like to do my business a little bit in the, <laughs> you know, in the shadows, so to speak. I'm never, never. But I, I will promise. I will promise this to our listeners. I, I just I, texted you his name. I just. I do not name. know when this is going to happen. I'm not saying. I'm not saying next year. I'm not saying this year. I have no idea. We will consummate a trade between the two of us, <laughs> yeah. however small or large that trade is. There will be a trade that we will consummate on this program. <laughs> will it be somewhat scripted? <laughs> Possibly. I don't know. Potentially. I, I'll say this. The best way to form this is to, so to agree to not do this until we both have something in mind that we want to work on. So I've got something mm -hmm. and you've got something. That I want something from you. Long you story short, okay. we'll we'll now have the we framework have... taken care of. I think that's where you're headed. We'll get on the program yeah. and the basic. I do want something from you, done. and it's it's this. You have like, something, right. and then meh, and then meh, nice, meh. All right. cool. That's good. So yeah, so I did send you okay. his name right now. All though. right, I'll, I'll, we'll see. Okay. Or her I'll have name. to check that out. I I I will check that out shortly. And the reason I will is because. We got to get into around the boards. I'm going to tell you why. Because, listen. Oh, okay. I don't. Okay. It's not exactly. Yeah, I know. I'm like all over. It's not exactly <laughs> the team that I want to talk about. Seeing as. Okay. You know what? Let, ah. Let's let's just get right into it here with our, our listeners. Okay. So we're, we're putting a little twist on things this week. We It is our 50th episode, by the way. We probably should have started. Probably should have started the show off that way. So, yeah. you know, congrats, Marty. Congrats, Mike. Good stuff. Good job, boys. Yeah, good job. Welcome to the 50th. Yeah, this not bad, not job. bad. Now, yeah. we were supposed to have some guests on with us this week, and we'll kind of, I think we may keep that hush-hush because they're, I don't think it's going to be too long yep. before we do have these uh, um, gentlemen on. Right. Um, but we were going to enjoy 
uh, a nice discussion with them. And what we were all going to do uh, is we were going to take our favorite team's rivals and speak about the rivals. Now, uh, obviously, I think I got away scot-free on this one. My team is the Montreal Canadiens. So, of course, my bitter rival is the Boston Bruins. And what an easy team to talk about in regards to what yeah. they've done this year. So, you know what? I'm, I wasn't going to take the easy road, but screw it. I'm taking the easy road, and that's <laughs> just the end of it. And you know <laughs> what? The, plain and simple, the numbers do not lie here. So, I'm going to shoot off a whole bunch of things here in regards to the Boston Bruins, and then we'll have a little chit-chat. League's best record. Now, sorry. Some of these numbers may be just a smidge off because I had I've written this, this stuff down a couple days ago. League's best record uh, at the time they were fifty four games played, forty one wins, eight losses, five in overtime, eight oh six winning percentage or points percentage. Sorry, Jeez. third in goals for in the entire league, three point six nine. First in goals against at two point oh seven. And the reason why I've got the Dallas Stars marked down here is just so you can see the difference between first place in the league and second place. So Boston sits in first, goals against at 2.07. Dallas, second place at 2.52. Like, talk about a massive difference. Like, Boston is running away with this man in regards to goals against. Uh, on, top, on top of all of that, yeah. they have the seventh-ranked power play at 24.2. They have the league's best penalty kill. At 86.1. Pasternak just hit 40 goals. And I, if I'm not mistaken, he's up to 77 points. So you got a, a, a score in the top five in league scoring. Uh, Linus Allmark, number one in goals against average and save percentage. Goals against of 190. Save percentage of 937. Jesus. Oh, and just for shits and giggles, your friggin' backup in Swayman is a 2.21 goals oh. against average and a 9.18. I'm like, guy. Why not? Oh, okay. What's that? <laughs> yeah, you don't think that's fair. Well, okay, well, just buckle in, folks. Bergeron, 60.8% in the face-off circle. I tried to see if he was still sitting first in the league, but unfortunately, when you look at those stats on NHL.com, even somebody who's taken three face-offs and has won three of them, he's at the top, right? And he's at 100. Oh. So... Long story short, okay. don't know where Bergeron falls in the actual, like, you know, first, second, third in regards to the stat. But suffice it to say, when you're winning almost 51 or 61, sorry, percent of your faceoffs, not too shabby. And at the time of writing, yeah. the Bruins were a plus 90 goal differential. <laughs> like, I'm like, guy, what is going on? God. So, listen, I'm not going to beat this like a dead horse here. I think the numbers and everything that I just spit out to you folks kind of says it all. This is like one of the most balanced, well-balanced team teams I've ever seen a uh, plethora of playoff experience. These guys have everything Marty to make a deep run, everything experience, goaltending depth. I even heard that they're thinking about going after um, Gabrikov out in uh in Columbus and adding another D I'm just like, like these wow. got, I heard them talking today about there's a, not that they're looking at doing it, but they would be happy to trade uh, Allmark um, at any given point to get a nice package in return because they don't have to keep Allmark. Uh, they've got Swayman. So they've, they've sort of got that luxury. I think that'd be crazy. 
Um, but regardless, they could afford it and it would be like, so that's the fact that Boston is actually talking about potentially doing something to a team that is already running away with it. Um, I mean, look out, like if they actually pull well, off a the trade, only other out. things that I want to mention about this is, and, and Marty, you and I have talked about this on several occasions as well, slotting into the lineup, like everybody's slotting into their, their, their proper spots. You know what I mean? When you bring back, listen, yeah. and and I think we're kind of of the same ilk here. I didn't think Boston was going to fall off the face of the earth, but listen, guys, there's I I I did not think this was going to be happening at all, at all, at all. Marchand injured until the end of November, McAvoy injured until mid November, late November, whatever it was. Um, you know, bringing back uh, the geriatric crew in in Bergeron and and, and Krejci now. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds a little bit mean, but don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll fix that all up in a second. By bringing these two guys back, Marty, experience, all that, the, the, the cops and everything, that's all, it's all there. It's all there for anybody to see. But now you've got Bergeron taking, taking back his first line role. So now you don't have to wonder where that's coming from. Krejci comes back after a year over in the Czech Republic and he slots in as your second. And, and again, would you like somebody that's maybe a little bit less injury prone? Absolutely. But let's face it. It, it hasn't exactly been like uh, an infirmary for this guy all year. Like, I think he's been banged up a couple of times, yeah. but I want to say like a couple of games. Like, it hasn't been a stretch or anything. Yeah. So, again, the importance of bringing some pieces back, and that's just slotting everybody in a little bit better. I mean, for Christ's sake, you've got a former MVP in Taylor Hall on your third line like listen yeah. <laughs> and oh, he's producing he's doing on. well in the third line hey, it's not just that he's there as a the brush comes well. back from a friggin' injury and he sorry oh. what's that i'm just gonna keep doing what i was doing before the injury like listen folks yeah. if and ron is it pains me it pain it pains me <laughs> to no end when i have to do this but what what's the problem with the bruins there is none. There's none. The, on, the only, yeah. only thing that I could see happening is a faster team. Let's say a Leafs. Let's say a New Jersey. Let's say maybe, uh, I, I don't even know, Colorado. Um, but, but even then, Marty, it, when you start talking about players of, of Bergeron's ilk, of, of Krejci, um, you know, Marsh, Marchie's been there forever. These are guys that they're not the most fleet of foot, Marty, but I, I don't know about you. Plus 90 goal differential certainly fucking tells me that they're getting the job done. So, so <laughs> it's hockey IQ. God damn right. Measure you got, what they know. Hit the nail right on the head, my man. They may not have to be as fast as these other teams. They've been there. We're talking about all the way back to. We'll, control we're the talking play. about all the way back to 2011 here. Like these guys didn't just figure it out two years ago. There, like, like guys, guys <laughs> like Bergeron <laughs> yeah. and Mar Marchand. These guys have been in it for a decade now. Okay, a decade, a decade and more yeah. now. We're 2023. These guys went to the cup yeah. in 2011. Yes, they've been to the cup in 2019, and there's there's been other other deep runs. But listen, this is this is an, a team. And in organizing, when you talk about knowing how to win, I, I'm I'm sorry. Like right now, 
if Boston isn't the top, they're certainly right up there in regards to organizations. And like this team knows what's what's happening, what's going on whenever that playoff puck is dropped. And if it, and I do, I do feel like they are the top, and for for good reason. And I, I would, am I right now the way I'm feeling things? I would consider to be Tampa and top and uh, and Boston as being the top two teams. Sorry, not in that mm. order. Boston, Tampa, um, and then and then Colorado, uh, only because they won it last year. And then after that, it's debatable. But as far as I'm concerned, those three teams are the ones you got to worry about. And it's funny that those top two, Boston and Tampa, are very similar uh, in terms of why you should fear them. It, it's not because they've got super speed and they're super young and all that. No, it's because they're balanced. They know what to do. It's a system. They've been there before. They got experience. They got veteran leadership. Uh, they can do a little bit of it all. And it's it, those are the two teams I'd be most worried about. Um, and, and then, of course, top it all off, other world goaltending. So it, it's like it's not even comparable what those two teams have in terms of goaltending. I give the edge to Boston for a couple of different reasons, but obviously in Nets as well, because if for whatever reason, Almar can't hold it together, or if it goes down in injuries, same thing for Swayman, uh, vice versa, swap, like, swap one in for the other. I mean, it's not an issue at all. I mean, Almark is 29 and four, dude. Like this guy is dominating right now. It's <laughs> he, like, he's dominating. And then, I, I, I don't know. You know yeah. what? I, I'm I'm gonna cut myself off there because I could just keep going. So listen, Boston, yeah, yeah, not not, not too bad, sh- not too shabby. I just actually I do want to I want to touch I want to touch uh, a little bit on what you said in terms of faceoffs. So Patrice Bergeron. So where is he? So I'm looking at a stat from uh, Stat Muse right now. So 75 faceoffs or more. He's currently in second place behind Jonathan Taze. So in the league, right? So he's at 60.6%. Taze Taze is at 63.3%. But what's more telling than this and is the reason why Bergeron is obviously the best in the league, there's only four people who have taken over 1,000 face-offs in the league. Bergeron is obviously one of them. Kopitar, another one. Pajot and Lindholm are the other ones. There is only two players who I've taken over 1,100. That's Bergeron and Kopitar. And there's only one player who has taken over 1,200, and that's Bergeron. Bergeron is sitting at 1,256. Next up, Kopitar at 11,05. He's taken over 100 extra faceoffs more than the next guy, and he's at 60.6%, even if you somehow include other players, 75 or more faceoffs in the season so far. He's still second. He's the best faceoff man, bar none, hands down. Bergeron is doing every friggin thing he's got points he's playing almost 18 minutes a game he he was looking at retiring he's a plus 24 what like i mean come on the guy you have a season like that the only issue i have is that he won't get he won't get looked at for any sort of award maybe a lady bing but it's a season like this it's a player like this that leads by example, that trugs, that takes the whole team with him and just trugs them along with him. And he just says, guys, we're going to do this no matter what. And here we go. And the guy's what, 36, yep. 37? Maybe. Is he I older than that? I want to say he's 36 or, or 37, I think. Hold on a second. Let me take a quick peek at this here. Bergeron, 37 years old. 37, and he's doing all of that. Yeah, um, 
Like I, it, it's in a season, in an off season where we, you know, Pasta was potentially going to leave because he was disgruntled and w- rightfully so. Um, like all the injuries that you had mentioned, uh, the season they had last year, where yes, they did go in the playoffs, but correct me if I'm wrong here, did they not get ousted in the first round? Kind of easily. They did. Mm-hmm. They looked old, is what I'm getting at. Last year, they didn't look like they could keep up. They looked old. So a lot of people when they saw that Boston was going to run it back. We all scoffed. We all laughed at you like, Oh, what is the point of this? Like, why, why would you do this? Like there's this, you're just wasting money. You're wasting time. Start the rebuild already. Let's just get this thing going. Cause obviously you're not going forward. Well, you know what? Everybody was wrong. They have the best shot at winning the cup this year right now. And if it means win a cup, then rebuild, no problem. (laughs) Like everything. In fact, you know what? Take that aside. Even if they don't win the cup, this should be a very exciting yeah. playoff run for them, regardless. And everyone should be on board. And it's it's a good it's a good swan song for for I, what I believe to be probably the end of the road for a couple of them, anyways. Um, if not just Bergeron, but potentially Krejci as well. I don't think Marshy's going anywhere. But that's an interesting question, though, right? Like when the rebuild does start does start in Boston, where does Marshy fit in? Because he he's not exactly done. He still has quite a few years left of, of being very competitive and, and staying in it. He's got, I would say, probably another four years in him before he retires. I don't see him wanting to play any, anywhere else but in Boston. So do you see – does he wear the leader hat? Well, Does, does he help the young kids? I mean, if, if we're, if we're going to go off of kind of what was going on in the offseason – uh, leading up to the start of the season for Boston here. I mean, I know they got Bergeron back. You know, it wasn't last minute or anything like that. I, I believe Krejci, I think, signed even later than Bergeron did. So so yeah, let's go on the assumption that Bergeron last year, you know, he, he hey, he could very well add another year next year. We, we don't know. I'll just go on the assumption that it is his last year. Uh, you know that Krejci literally, you know, I mean, I, I was even... I don't want to say I was surprised to see him come back, but I mean, whenever it was, whenever they did announce the signing, I was like, oh, okay. Like, okay. So he's making his way back. And for me, Boston, when it does fall off, it may fall off kind of quickly. Um, now, yeah. now having said that, Marshawn's 34. So let's just say for this, let's just yeah. for argument's sake, say that Bergeron and Krejci gone at season's end. Off into the sunset. Both had great careers. One last kind of kick at the can here. Maybe they win the cup this year. Maybe they don't. So you got Marshawn. He mm-hmm. takes over your C. You got Hall. You got the Brusque. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd have to kind of look at, in a way of their four, I think they'd be okay on the back end. Back end's not going to be a problem. Uh, and goaltending, you got that there. And don't forget, you can maybe use some of that goaltending to get a little bit more depth of, uh, up front after losing some of these players, right? But I mean, Christ, you still have Marchand, you still have Hall. Uh, again, Zaka's in there. Um, you know, th- there's some guys that j- they don't have this splashy kind of name, but when you start putting the team together, you know, and and again, the culture, uh, the winning culture that so yeah, they're. they're What's interesting is that Marshy's got two years left on his contract. Pasternak obviously does not. He's got nothing left. Same thing with Krejci. Same thing with here's Bergeron. Cre- so Marshy's actually I was got... I say, okay, here's, yeah. the, here's the question then. For, for me anyway. 
let's say that Bergeron and Krejci do ride off into the sunset in in the summertime. Okay, and let's and let's say everybody else is okay. coming back. So your 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 Marchands, your Halls, uh, you know, basically anybody who's there right yeah. now kind of comes back type of deal. Did they make the playoffs? Okay. Without Bergeron mm-hmm. and and Krejci, but with Pasta, with, with oh Hall, my god, with I can't Zaka, believe it with Marchand and Swayman. You know and what? Allman. I, I I even completely yeah. I'm I completely <laughs> yeah. and utterly forgot about Pasta. I don't know, dude. Even with Bergeron oh. and Krejci, you know what? They're a playoff team. I I, I take that back. I I'm think not so. even going to ask you the question. They're a playoff team. I just still McAvoy. Dude, that too. whole back end. That um, whole back end is solid. Yeah, the whole back and, end and actually. And again, yeah. and, and what's yeah, to say, yeah. like you and I both know that <laughs> there's certain teams that you, you know are going to do well, right? Like, And what I mean by that is... Let's say they, they decide, okay, we're going to trade one of our goaltenders to get, you know, to kind of recuperate a little bit of what we may have lost in uh, Krejci and Bergeron. Perfect. You know they're going right. to eat. Whoever they decide to keep as their starter, Swayman or Almark, doesn't matter. I figure they I figure they keep Almark because yeah. he's got the longer contract and it's only at $5 million, It's only at $5 million oh, a okay. year. So let's just say for argument's sake, they trade True. Swayman. Dude, you know that that front office is going to find some sort of decent backup. The backup won't be the problem. You just know it. You just know it. Like no. Boston's just that type of team. The organization knows. Like they, yeah. they've had Halak in there before. Like they know what the deal is, right? Yeah. So yeah, you know yeah. what? I completely take that question right back. But I don't think that there there will be a small uh, drop off. I don't know if they would necessarily contend for first place on a yearly basis in their in their division or the conference, but I'm but but I will say right. without a doubt, without a doubt, as long as Pasta's signed, because Pasta's well, not signed yet, eh? Yeah, he's not yeah. signed yet, is he? So let's no. let's just say he does mm. sign and, and he he stays with Boston and you know he's basically there his whole career. There's an, there's a drop off, but it isn't much. There there's too much. There's too much. Yeah, and I, I, too much talent. Right. I mean, Mar. And Cass, let's not forget Cassidy's oh doing a God. hell of a job with this team. Like he's uh, not, oh, Cass- sorry, not Cassidy. Um, sorry, Cassidy's over in uh, Montgomery. Vegas, but um, Jim Montgomery. Uh, thank you, Montgomery. Um, he's doing a hell of a job with this team. There's very clearly a system that works in there. I don't drop off or not. Like I'm not saying that uh, Bergeron and Krejci are irreplaceable. I will say this much: Krejci is a little bit more replaceable than Bergeron is. Um, and the only reason I'm saying that is because they've they've actually experienced that with for for one year at least, and they've they've had to sort of suffer through that. They still made the playoffs without Bergeron. That will be difficult because again, you win sixty percent of the faceoffs. That's just one stat of his. But if you win sixty percent of the faceoffs, you're controlling the play sixty percent of the time yeah. right out of the gate. That's a difficult. That's a great thing to have. You're setting up your play every time you take a faceoff. That's fantastic to have on your team. So to lose that, that's an adjustment for sure. Can you replace that? Probably, but Bergeron can also score. So good luck going out there and trying to find someone else who can do what Bergeron does, not just in the faceoff circle. So that is a difficult thing to do. Does it translate to enough losses to not be in first place? Probably. To not be in the playoffs? Absolutely not. No. They can definitely go. They'll have money. Oh, yeah. They will have money to go out and sign somebody else. And who doesn't want to play in Boston? An original six team, a good original six team, not like the Habs. <laughs> we're, we're coming. We're coming. The Habs are good. We're on the uh, way. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, all I have to say that I think Boston, it's weird, eh? Like, because last year, 
I had written them off. I think a lot of people did too. Like this is Listen. an aging club that's got no direction. What happens after everybody retires? What are they going to do? The coach, Mark Armory, what's he going to do? Like now it's like less than a year later and we're all like, this team's going to, this is no, a I dynasty. I mean, the, <laughs> like, the way they went off dynasty. and the, the way they went out in the playoffs, everybody was thinking the same yeah. thing. Kind of slow, they're aging, blah, 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 this, that, the other thing. Yeah. I mean, talk about proving everyone wrong. Like I, it's just, I mean, again, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, I won't, uh, I won't go over it uh, at nauseum, but I mean, you heard the numbers there, folks, at the top of the the segment. It it's it's pretty damn impressive, and uh, I mean, I, I don't know what more to say than that. You know what, Ron? We're done. We're done talking about your Bruins, bud. It's over. We're moving on. <laughs> We're moving on to. Uh, actually, oh. right before we do, I do want to mention I was right, <laughs> although it was seven games. And it went to, yeah, Carolina. They beat yeah. Boston in seven games. Quick team, quick team. So, again, another thing that I, the, uh, another thing I kind of overlooked a little bit, it went seven games. So, kudos to Boston for being able to, to, to stand up and, and actually represent themselves very well. Uh, bowing out to, to Carolina, nope. nothing to be ashamed of right there. That's a difficult team to, to lose. Uh, and for it to go seven games, I mean, it, it, honestly, it could have gone – Either way, and in fact, the last game was a 3-2 game. So, Jesus, that could have gone either way. They Boston had actually tied it up just before that. So, it really went back and forth. Back Like, Hurricane went – oh, I, that's true. I remember this now. The first two games were in uh, in Carolina. Hurricanes went up 2-0. The next two in Boston, series tied 2-2. Then Hurricanes 3-2. Then tied 3-3. Like, so oh, back it was a homer so series. Boston can absolutely homer, hold their own. Homer series for Abs- sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you know what, Boston? I take it all back. Enjoy it while it lasts, Ron. Yeah, <laughs> it should last for a little bit longer. At least a couple more months, anyways. Um, so right. So now we're moving on to. So uh, my team. It's a surprise. My team is the Oilers. So take a wild guess who I chose. The Calgary Flames, which it, it kind of kind of happy to talk about it because as much as I love the the Oilers I do follow the Flames closely not necessarily because they're a rival but because I I like I think it's because I like the rivalry I like it when they play against each other so I similar to what I was talking about earlier when we were CHL CFHL stuff talking and, and I was like you know Scott make sure you dress your best that's the same concept for this I don't want Edmonton to sort of I want Calgary to have a good team so that Edmonton can roll over them and we can just keep talking about how Edmonton is just a clear-cut, better team. I don't care who we put on the ice. We've got the better players. Done. So for Calgary, when I look at their team, I do like what I see. But I don't like... I don't... There's there's animosity in this team. There's, there's conflict. Um, I don't know so much that there's... There's a struggle for identity because <clears throat> I don't think what Daryl Suter is doing is actually working out anymore. And I think it goes beyond this year. I think, because <clears throat> I had talked about this actually on Twitter with somebody else, and it, it, and it kind of dawned, dawned on me a little bit that... So last year, they lost Kachuk and Goudreau. They're two top, obviously, they're two best players on that team. Um, after having each their career years... Now, why would you walk away from a from a team that you've had a career year if it's not for the fact that you don't like the city? 
both of them have been have been open about it and they've said no, I had nothing to do with Calgary. They've never they just wanted to go somebody someplace else. Goudreau, we all know what happened. I wanted to go home. All right, New Jersey it is. Nope. Columbus. Okay. So if if it wasn't doable for you to go home, why not just come back to Calgary then if you loved it there so much? And with Kachuk, he saw a year left. He had his best season there. Why not either follow Goudreau or, no, you decided to, no, I really want to go home and play in Florida. Okay, that's fine. I can understand that. But my point of all this is it really kind of points the finger a little bit at Daryl Sutter. And the fact that he's, we all know him to be a very difficult man with the media. Uh, we know he's, he expects a lot from he expects accountability from his players which there's nothing wrong with that accountability on your players absolutely but i do think that it only goes so far there comes a it comes to a point where if you're not willing to at least be on our side screw your accountability i don't fucking want your accountability and i'm i'm saying this because there was an incident that happened several months ago and i talked about it once but i didn't really go too deep in it the whole Petit mm-hmm. thing where he had his very first game, his very first NHL game, and his parents came down the whole bit. We all know what, what that's like. And yes, the media, the media had kind of been hyping it up a lot and, and getting under Daryl's skin a lot with the questions. And Daryl just was getting frustrated with it and wanted nothing of it. Well, sure enough, on the game that he had his, Pensia had his very first game, they asked him the question. And Daryl came prepared. He brought himself those glasses, the reading glasses. He brought the score sheet and pulled it out. And he said, oh, who, who is this? What's his number? Didn't see him. And essentially just threw the kid under the bus. This is a guy that is trying to make something of himself, trying to prove himself. And he's, uh, for all intents and purposes, we're, uh, we feel that he's uh, abiding by the system. Because when he got called up, he actually sat for a few days. But the kid, anytime he was asked questions, he was enthusiastic, happy to be there, gave all the right answers. Everything seemed, the the negativity about it seemed to only be coming from Daryl. And I don't care if that's meant to be directed at the media. How you play that out, using that person as a pawn in your game against the media, not okay. Which also tells me you don't have your players back. I think when the chips are down, you don't give a shit about your players. You look at them as pawns and you set up for chess and that's it. And that may work. That may have worked in the past. I don't believe that works at all anymore. I think that's an antiquated way of, of approaching a team. And I think Sutter's on his, on his way out. I, if he does not get replaced in the offseason, I will be shocked and you would have to you'd have to get rid of some of those contracts. I know they've already looked at potentially getting rid of a Mackenzie Wigger. Apparently, that's starting to come up now, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But all of this is to say there's some issues going on in Calgary. Markstrom um, falling off the face of the earth the last couple of like it started a bit last season. It's definitely here now. I don't know what type of goalie he is. I don't know that he's getting the kind of help he needs in Calgary. Maybe it's just a fresh start that he needs. Um, there's some holes it, with Huberto's game. If the, the system just doesn't allow Huberto to be who he is, um, it's not that there isn't enough talent around him. There absolutely is. This is a very talented team. Lindholm is absolutely a great player. Mackenzie Weger will eventually get there, but he's a great player too. Rasmus Anderson. Um, there's other players, Kadri for God's sakes. Um, anyways, this is a good team. 
but nothing's working. Zero consistency. You'll have one game where you've just beaten Colorado 5-2, and then you get trampled on by Chicago. Like it, it's that kind of inconsistency that tells me the team when they what I when I see them beat a, a difficult team, I see that as I don't want to get yelled at tomorrow by Sutter. And then when they come back the next day, they're exhausted and they can't beat Chicago because they've got nothing left in the tank. Chances are Sutter decided, you know, screw you. I'm going to put you, I'm going to run through, running through the gauntlet anyways, because even though we won 5-2, it should have been 6-2. So do some more push-ups or do some more laps around the ice or whatever. I think that's the kind of coach he is. And I, I don't think that's necessarily a secret no, I, either. I, for, for me, it all comes down to Sutter. Um, you've got Huberdo that's going to be starting his, if I'm not mistaken, does he start that eight year contract next year? I think so. Yeah. 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 It starts next, next year. year. Yeah. I mean, it seems to me like Sutter has worn out his welcome. Um, I, and listen, I, I'm not a huge X's and O's guy and that kind of thing. But to, to me, if, I think if you bring a coach at, lets these players kind of allows them to be a little bit more free on the offensive side of the puck because listen, listen, you've got Huberto that came in there. I'm, I'm sorry. He's, you've got him for nine years, man. So, so my point is, is you're going to have to figure this out. Don't tell me that Mackenzie Weger all of a sudden, now is not part of listen that 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 doesn't make any sense to me either no you've got no. it as as for markstrom i will agree with you marty we saw a little bit of a dip at the end of last year that has absolutely continued this year i personally yeah. think that that team and that defensive core when they're playing when they're playing the right way when they're playing well I mean, yeah. Even March, all you need is above average. All you need is above average, because because listen, yeah, you're going down the lineup. You've got Huberdo, you've got Kadri, you've got Manchiapane. Uh, I mean, you've got people that can create some offense. Lindholm, uh, one of the best faceoff guys to boot as well. So listen, you yeah, have pieces true. there. And if we go over that defense, you're talking about Hannafin. You're talking about uh, Uyghur, like Yeah. You got some guys down there. It's a good team. It's a good club. So I don't to get me, it. this does kind of, it really does kind of fall to, to, to the coach. And and the other reason, the, the biggest, biggest reason for me is the drop-off that you're getting with Huberto right now. Dude, come on. Come on. Uh, listen, regardless of whether he's moving from South Florida Can't have to it. a wintry climate in Calgary, he, he's very he's very well aware he's, of, of, of the weather up here. He's he's very familiar with it, all that kind of stuff. You mean to tell me this guy's forgotten how to score? Come come on. Yeah. Do, do I do I expect one fifteen? On. No, I don't expect one fifteen every year. But do I do I think this guy's no. pretty much an eighty five to ninety point player almost as a lock? Absolutely. You know, and, and the reason I'm kind of lowballing that is just because Calgary, no matter who's been on that club, have always been a bit of a kind of a lunch pail type of organization. Put your uh, put your hard hat on, put yeah. your work boots on. Let's get to work. Like they've always been, exactly, exactly. So the, the team is always kind of fed off of uh, you know their environment and the fans. 
Marty, top to bottom, yeah. even as even as that team is constructed right now, that's a good team. And I'm sorry if they do yeah. get into the playoffs, and we've talked about this before too. There are some certain teams that are built for playoffs, and they're built for playoffs, man. So for me, for me, yeah. it comes down to Sutter. I don't think there's going to be a coaching change in season. I do. I do think that no. they cut ties with him at the end of the year, Marty. If for nothing else, because of some of those big contracts you just signed, Kadri, Huberto, yeah. Weger, like a lot of this, you're not just yes. Yes, they can be traded. Like anybody's tradable, basically. But I mean, you got a lot of term here with these three players, man. A lot of term. So <laughs> I, I just think that. It's not no. that big a deal it, to get rid of uh, exactly. Daryl because he's got he's got one year left on his contract, so it's not that big a deal. Uh, let him go back to his ranch and and, and everything will be fine. Um, I know a lot of Calgary fans have already decided that Huberto is not worth the money, patient or the effort. Um, couldn't couldn't be more wrong. Um, if you follow hockey at all for the last ten years, uh, you know that Huberto is the real deal. He's absolutely an all-world talent. Um, does he need to be in the right system? Yep. So does yep. every other fucking player exactly. out there. <laughs> so there's, it's not a slight against him at all. You put the right player, but in the wrong system, they ain't scoring either. Save for Connor McDavid. But you didn't get Connor McDavid. You got Jonathan Huber. You got the rest of the pack, which is fine. That's and, like this is let's be realistic here. Connor McDavid comes once and every. And we want to be clear here. Like Marty and I want to be clear. It's a case where. We, I think I speak for Marty as well. We both expected uh, uh, some time for him to get acclimatized. So th th there was that as well. Yeah. Like th that unfortunately has kind of delved into the new year and it's kind of spilled over yeah. into February here now. But again, I, I really do feel this does come down to the coaching. I think, uh, you know, you used the word antiquated earlier. I, I would have to say that that's probably pretty appropriate. Um, you know, maybe maybe there's another team in the NHL that Sutter, uh, you know, would, would necessarily fit with his coaching style, but it certainly isn't the Calgary Flames at this point. And don't forget, folks, yes, he had Matthew Kachuk. Yes, he had Johnny Goudreau. Not exactly, especially Goudreau, not exactly known as a defensive stalwart. But he, but there, no. there was a, a fair, there was like easily, I think two or three years here with, with, with Sutter that both of these players, I mean, you kind of had to get accustomed to it because he was going nowhere, right? They had just hired him. Whereas right now, whereas right now I yeah. can see where the higher ups, the owners, uh, you know, people who got a, a lot in play here in regards to the financials, I could see where they're saying, listen, it's easier to get rid of the coach than it is to get rid of three players that we just signed in the off season. So, I uh, you know I, I don't think Marty's very very far off on this. I I I would have to agree one hundred percent that Sutter's getting canned in, in or 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 he's going to walk away or whatever the case is. But I don't think he's he's going to be back in September. For the start of uh, Daryl Sutter's tenure this time around with Calgary, um, it was sort of he was brought in halfway through his season. Things looked promising. Then the next full season. It got better, but they didn't make the playoffs. Then they had last year where Goudreau and Kachuk took off. Everything worked. Everything clicked. Everything was magical. Um, but it took a while to get there. So the way I read that is I read that as 
Kachuk and Goudreau saw their contracts. <coughs> Goudreau knew he was leaving. Um, so he figured, okay, this is my last season here. I'll make a go of it. I'm going to be as cooperative as I possibly can, and I'm going to reap the benefits, and that's exactly what he did. Same for Kachuk. Granted, he had one year left. So they both kind of read the terrain and saw this. Is, and obviously, I'm assuming here, it's not like they called me. Um, <laughs> they both sort of saw the terrain and thought, all right, we're going to make a go of it, and, uh, and we're going we're gonna to give into it. But then I'm, I'm walking because I, I cannot stay under this coach and, and this style. It'll just kill me. Um, and I think that's what happened. I think, and I think that's what's happening right now. I think Huberto just doesn't have the patience for it. Uh, he's not that kind of player. Um, he's doing the best he can. I don't think he's necessarily ruffling feathers, but his agent, uh, is it Matt Walsh coming out and Alan saying Walsh, what he yeah. did? Um, who Alan Walsh, sorry. Uh, holy moly that I did. I, I completely agree. I have no issues with it at all. I more of it, the better. Um, and the reason why I'm saying it is because Daryl Sutter said it himself. What happens in social media has no effect on this team. Perfect. Let's have more of it. Let's have a lot of it. Let's fucking pummel it. Let's pummel this team with social mentions of how Daryl Sutter has lost his team. He's insane for doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different. Let's keep pouring it then. Let's see. Let's see. Because I don't believe him. I think Daryl Sutter does the, the tough guy act. And, and that's all it is. It's an act. I think I think it bothers him. I think he, it really infuriates him that that came out and that there's a friggin' player agent trying to tell him what to do with his team. I think that's killing him. And the reason I say that, and I know this, is he said he hates the media. And this is exactly what this is. And this is all over media. People are talking and they're judging him. And he doesn't care. Bullshit, he doesn't care. Why do you think he came out with his glasses and the score sheet to rip Petsy apart where it was completely unnecessary to do so? Because it got under his skin. It bothers him. Daryl Sutter would do very well to just start being honest with at least himself. And maybe he'd be open to change. And I don't think that's what's going to happen. This is an old... This is an older coach with an older mentality. Um, and I saying all this, as my, and I know this does not sound respectful, but it is as respectful as I can possibly put it. It comes a point in time where you need to step back from the game because you've got nothing left to give it, nothing good anyways. Um, and if you don't want to change your ways, it's, it's okay. You don't have to change your ways. Just get out of the way. That's all. So I think for now, I think that's what he needs to do. It's just swallow some pride and move on, go to your ranch and right off into the sunset. You'll be fine, Daryl. Yep. You'll be fine. You've got a great legacy, several cups under your belt. Uh, he was a player at one point too. He's part of the Sutter family that are just renowned for great hockey acumen. This guy, the whole family, the whole thing, nothing's going to get tarnished by you walking away. So it's not an issue. But stop lying and saying that it doesn't bother you and – and it, you know, and you're not old aware. school mentality, it's, it's, old school coaching, bullshit. eh? Bullshit. Yeah. That being said, I would love to sit oh, down and hear yeah. him talk for hours. I could, I could hear him talk for hours on end. I would love to have an unrecorded uh, beer with Daryl Sutter. I would certainly that would say cool. that Daryl Sutter is a beauty. Oh, he is. But are we there? <laughs> I don't know. Are we? I think we are. But before we do, I, I, okay. I think. I think we need a, a few words from our sponsors. This time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. 
I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be a big part of a big change. If it's something you use every day, like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycon's got you covered. And yep, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Even if you know you'll love Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options. Every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. Ready to buy something small with big impact? Go to buyraycon.com THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com THPN. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place the same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. And we're back. And we're off. Beauties, no, beauties beast. and the beast. Roar. So shall I begin this you week, shall. sir? You shall. And I will. So first one up this week, folks, Dylan Larkin, mm. Detroit's captain. Listen, I've I've always been a kind of a big fan of this guy. Yeah. Um. I, I I know I know that Detroit's had some lean years here over the last little bit, but you know what? Like he's he's basically showing what he what he's all about. Uh, six one one ninety eight, twenty six years old. So I mean, this isn't a guy that's like you know thirty or over here. Got a lot of uh, tread left on the tires for sure. Uh, as of the right, as of my writing, he had fifty three games played, twenty one goals for thirty four and thirty four assists for fifty five points. A plus one on the Red Wings, which isn't really bad when you think about it, man. Yeah. Um, playing 19.51 a night, so 20-minute uh, forward here. And you and I, Marty, have talked about that before. Once you hit that 20 mark, you're like, okay, man, like that. this guy's seriously getting some ice time and yeah. you know, a lot on the power play for sure, so on and so forth. And, I mean, look, the guy's had 14 points in the last 10 games. He's on a bit of a heater for sure. Um, th- 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 this guy's... He just plain and simple is leading that team. I have always loved him being the captain of that team. Yeah. Because you're going to get some inti- you're going to get some intangibles automatically without even even the player like having to try so to speak. He's from Detroit. Do you not think <laughs> that he wants to do well? Like, you know, forget bringing a cup and all this. Like, he's going to give you you're going to get everything out of Dylan Larkin that you want to get out of him. Like there's there's no if ands or buts about it. This guy is walking in front of his own family forty one times a year, home games. Man, like th- 
friends, family. Uh, he's got everything to play for with that team. And then he gets the captaincy a few years back. Like it, it just, for me, it's a good situation for the player. And it's, you know, he's going to be productive. Does that necessarily come in points all the time? Maybe not. But I mean, this guy's a leader through and through for sure. I mean, he's, he's taken that, that team. I mean, they're sitting right now. Let me bring it up really quickly here. I know there's a lot of teams right now in the East that are really making some moves. Ottawa's one of them as well. Um, Detroit sitting at 26, 21, and 8. Like, that, that's a respectable respectable record. They're, they're minus 7 in goal differential. They're, they're 7 and 3 in their last 10. Like, this team is, is, is making a push here for the playoffs. Are they going to be able to get there? It's going to be tough, but it's going to be tough. Yeah. They're sitting behind Buffalo, Washington, and Pittsburgh. And then the two teams that are in the wildcard spot right now are Florida and the Islanders. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough. It's going to be pretty tough, but it's, it's a good year. Even if they finish out the year playing the way they've been playing all year, it will, it will be a positive year for that franchise. They've made the move yeah. now from a sub-500 team to a, a, a team above 500. Um, I mean, look, Dylan Larkin... If if he's available, maybe that's the type of guy you want to get in a trade, especially if you're like a head-to-head. I know that the Red Wings have some four-game uh, weeks coming up. Uh, if if your your pool isn't mm. constructed kind of anything like ours, uh, you know you might want to take a peek, see if the the mm-hmm. the, uh, the particular talk GM mm. wants to move him. Oh, maybe <laughs> maybe. And 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 even if you're in a, a daily. Um, not so much a daily fantasy, but any kind of league, really. If you can get your hands on Larkin, he's that guy. And I always go back to an example of Ole Jokinen with your brother a number of years back. Yeah. He was never his top. He was never his top like one, two, three, or four. But he's that guy that wins you championships. Yep. Like Larkin, not a big name, point per game player. That's all you need. Yeah. Like it, that, that type of player fits in extremely well with what you've got going on right now, Marty, that kind of thing. I'm not saying like, you know, I think you're pretty good as it is. And I'll talk about that a bit later with you, but in regards to ads and stuff, that's the type of player I'd probably be looking at, especially for someone like yourself, really making a push, really sticking the nose in there for a championship. Nice guy to add. If you have any kind of, I mean, if you got a point per game player that ends up sidelined for a couple of weeks, Bingo, bango, put Larkin in there. You're good to go. Yeah. Like even even if he doesn't give you exactly the the same amount of production, you're not. It's not a big enough drop off to, to no. that player would not lose you a week. That's is right. what I'm saying. Yeah, that's so, a good point. Yep. D- Dylan Larkin, listen, get your hands on him if you can. If you can't, too bad, bud. <laughs> As for my number two, Nathan McKinnon. Why? Like, jeez, guy. Ah, okay. What? If it if it wasn't for injury. I would love to know where he would be oh. at compared to McDavid. I would love to know where he would be at compared to McDavid production wise. If there was absolutely no injury to one himself or injuries throughout that avalanche lineup, yeah. because, because at the pace that this guy is scoring right now, like it's true again, I'd love to, I'd love to know why. And I, I mean, just listen to what we got going on here, folks. He's six foot, 200 pound uh, centerman, 44 games played, 19 goals, 48 assists for 67 points. 44 what? games played, 67 points. Plus 19, he's playing 22 37 time on it. Now, listen, 
I know the time on ice might be a little high, but that's because of all the injuries throughout the lineup. Yeah. I mean, Landis Cog hasn't played a minute yeah. yet this year. So, so listen, this guy has been on a massive, massive heater the past little while, 16 points in his last 10 games. He's currently on pace for just under a hundred points. And that's with the injury, dude. That's with the injury. Projected to finish so, with like, 64 we, we, games played 98 points. Like that's ridiculous. Yep. Yeah. I know, I know, it's nuts, man. And I mean, that team as a whole, and we just mentioned it, they've been hit hard by injury this year. And they're just finally starting to come out. I mean, Landis Cog, I think, I believe Rantanen maybe have missed a game or two, but I know that Nishushkin has missed time. Uh, Nate Dog has missed time. Listen, uh, Makar's missed time. Devin Taze has missed time. Like, you're starting to talk about a full power play unit here that you've missed for large chunks of the season. Yeah. So that's a big, I mean, that's a, there's a, that's a big production to your overall production. So. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Still managing so, I mean, to pretty much hit a hundred points though. <laughs> like that shows you the talent. You got it. I mean, l- l- Nate, Nate McKinnon is at the forefront of, of this team. I mean, he, he's the heart and soul. Uh, you know, yes, you've got uh, 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 Captain Landeskog as well, but I mean, as, as McKinnon goes kind of, so do the abs. Yeah. I mean, he, he's he's dragging him up the standings there now and just wait i mean you're getting uh landis cog back mid-march just in time for the playoffs you know he's probably going to get in about six seven eight games hopefully and that'll be perfect for him to get ready for the playoffs but i mean suffice it to say nate mckinnon just look at the points for in the games played i mean i don't think there's much else that i really need to say there this guy has been money 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 when he's on the ice speaking of money Elias Pettersson. Wow. This guy, this guy has basically taken this year and said, yeah, I'm elite and I am here. I mean, he's got 71 points in 54 games. And guys, again, this is on the Vancouver Canucks, okay? (laughs) The most dysfunctional, dysfunctional uh, entity in the NHL this year. I mean... How how Pedersen is doing it under all of that scrutiny is even more impressive. To, like it's already impressive, seventy one points. Yeah, but where he's doing it and how he's doing yep. it and under the under the 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 the, the darkened skies of Vancouver, like this guy's just laying the hammer down. Six two one seventy six. He's twenty four years old. So this guy's still got like easily three and four years of maturing yet. Yeah. 54 games played, 27 goals, 44 assists for 71 points. Dude, on that Vancouver Canucks team, he's a fucking plus five. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> like, th- this this guy is driving play when he's on the ice. Like, it, it's it's going to, towards the opponent's net when this guy's on the ice, man. Yeah. Like, there, there isn't so many defensive miscues going on when he's on the ice because he's pushing the offense the other way. He's over 20 minutes, uh, uh, 20 minutes ice time average. I mean, look, it, it's been a massive breakout for this guy. Fit, a former fifth overall pick in 2017. Teams in disarray, but this guy's totally, totally proven to the entire league that he is amongst the elite. And it's been under some pretty difficult circumstances, as I mentioned. So makes it listen, all the more impressive. I, 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 there, well, there's not much more I can say about Elias Peterson. You hope that they can start to kind of insulate him a little bit. Uh, I mean, there's been talk now that they may even trade JT Miller, contract or no contract. I guess there's some teams that are fishing around. If I was Vancouver, I would trade that guy in a heartbeat. 
not because I don't necessarily like the player. I actually have him on my fantasy team. Yeah. And he's been actually quite productive considering as well. But again, get something for him. Get a nice little haul. Get some people in there. Defensive prospects, some nice high picks. Like it's it's time to to change change the way you're doing things here because <laughs> they're in the mushy middle and it's not working out right now whatsoever. Definitely. So listen, Elias Peterson, he's back in the elite for sure. My beast this week isn't so much a player. It's the Edmonton Oilers defense. And this is something we've talked about off and on with our Oily Habs segment. And of course, because, you know, your favorite team's Edmonton, mine's the Habs. Listen, (laughs) I just don't know where to go right now with this, man. Offense, it's not a problem. You know, all you got to do is look at two names on the roster And really, you can go down three and four now, especially with some of the years that uh, Hyman and and, uh, Nugent Hopkins are having. You got Kane there as well. But Jesus Christ, I I just don't see it happening for the Oilers, the way that back end is constructed and the goaltending. I I just... Are they going to win games in the playoffs? Yes, they're going to win games in the playoffs. They win a lot of games... At any time, yeah. But whenever, but whenever push comes to shove, it matters, yeah. And, and 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 all the chips are down, and and you're not talking about playing teams like the Coyotes, uh, you know, the, the or anybody in your division, the Kings. There's a lot of good teams in your division. But my point is, when you start playing the elite of the elite, they are going to expose that defense time and again. It's happened several times throughout the regular season. I know they've been talking about Jacob Chikrin. I know they've been talking about Eric Carlson, but until you have these players in that lineup, this is what it is. And I just don't see it. I I don't see it. I'm not giving a prediction on Edmonton out in round one or round two or makes it. I don't know how far the others are going to go, but I don't see them winning the Stanley cup. I don't see them doing I do not see them doing what every other team sets out to do every year. I just don't see it. It, it, it to me, there's n- there's no way around that. There's no way around it. I mean, the, the I mean on Friday night of last week they gave up a three goal lead to the Rangers. They did the same thing again on was it Saturday or Sunday? Who was it? Where they lo- where they blew the lead? It, it was, was Colorado. To, yeah, it was to Colorado. Yeah, and they blew the lead the game before that against the Rangers too. Yeah. Both game and of course, of course, both games freaking Campbell plays after I get the guy and he goes on like a nine zero and zero run. He stinks up the joint two games in a row. That's your fault. It's just uh, <laughs> it absolutely is absolutely. So I mean, you know what, Marty, you being the Edmonton fan, I mean, and and I think I know where your answer already, but. Marty, what do you think about this Edmonton defense? What do you think about... Like... The thing that bothers me the most about the Edmonton defense is Darnell Nurse. And it's not so much... I could live with what he does with a contract half of its size, but the way it's structured now, he's getting paid 9.25 to give the other team the puck. Um, My God. The amount of money he's getting... And, and listen, that's not... I don't, I'm not in, like, it's not his fault, 
if if Edmonton came to him and said, I, you know, this is the contract and then they negotiated, that's just life, right? And then you land at 9.25 and, and that's just life, right? Like it, it's not that I'm angry at him for accepting that kind of money. No, any single one of us would take that kind of money. Um, to be overpaid for something, it's all good. But it it doesn't take away the fact that he's just not deserving of that cash at all based solely on the way he plays defense for this team. I don't know how he switches that up. I don't know how he plays this. Uh, where I don't know how we can trade him. We really can't with and not without absorbing, like I said, 50% of his contract. Uh, it's the only way that we're actually getting rid of him, which I don't think makes any sense either. So it, to me, this is the thing that this is the anchor that is holding this team down is Darnell Nurse's contract. Again, not his play, because even though this year, definitely he's just horrible. Um, but at least he's still, you know, 28 points in 57 games. You know, at least it's not 18 points in 57 games. He is a plus 16 um on an otherwise kind of all over the place he's actually leading the team best i can tell here yeah he is leading the team in plus minus uh he's playing the most on this team at 23 minutes he's putting in the work it's just his errors are costing us games and they, they come at the the worst possible times so the good news about all everything i'm just saying right now is that i think this comes with maturity i think it, as much as it's shitty to have to sit back and watch him do this this year he goes through it. He comes. He comes out better next year, but I just don't think he ever catches up to that contract, and that's going to be the biggest issue with this team is that frigging contract, and it'll hang over his head the whole time he's here. And I feel bad for him in that regard, but then he'll go home and cry in seventy-four million dollars, and he'll be fine. <laughs> so I don't feel that bad for him, but this is going to hang over him, and until he becomes the best defenseman in the league, um, it's rightful. It's absolutely rightfully justifiably argue to tooth and nail that this contract should not be his. So that's how that's how I feel about it. overall the diva, Tyson Berry is actually having a better season. I just wish they would trade him, get something out of him because I don't think he comes back and has another season like this. I think you cash in on it now, get better somewhere. Tyson Berry isn't necessarily holding the fort down back there. He's a minus four. He's having a good offensive season, so great. Maybe ship him off to LA and then get that uh, that kid there. Um, Oh, I forget his name. Anyways, all I'm saying is maybe bank on something with Tyson Berry. Get rid of him for now because you can. And this is the time to do it. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's my concept of what this defense is. Huge hole. Those are the only two players I'm willing to talk about. Evan Bouchard, fine. Uh, you can keep him, um, but you need to get other players. Carlson and Chichman, either one, both. <laughs> uh, I don't know how you make that work, but uh, either one of them would make this team a lot a lot more dangerous um not from an off not from a defensive perspective necessarily but at least both of those actually chitron especially uh he's actually a very good defenseman uh, carlson is too he's serviceable in that regard but you don't get him for that you get him for his offense and yeah. his kind of offense on this kind of team that power play like holy smokes that would be otherworldly you wouldn't have to worry about skinner you know shit in the bed every night <laughs> it wouldn't be an issue um goaltending wouldn't be an issue at that point no when you <laughs> score 12 goals in a game it's all good 
Even if you let in six. Even it doesn't <laughs> matter. Exciting hockey. Let's bring it back to the eighties, baby. It's all good. And there you go. That's it for me. That's Beauties for and the you. Beast. Well done. You're up, big guy. You're up. All right. It's funny. We should uh, we uh, ended with Edmonton for you because we're going to start with Edmonton for me. And one Ryan Nugent Hopkins, you didn't mention him. The guy friggin' outscored Connor McDavid this past week with three goals and three assists versus Connor's pedestrian five assists week. Um, <laughs> the Nuge has already tied his career best of 69 points. He's one goal away from tying his career best of 28 goals, and he's on pace to flirt with 100 points this season. In my best, Denis Lemieux from Slapshot Voice, start me right fucking now. Keep him in the lineup as long as you possibly can. What point would, would, would it be to take Ryan Nugent Hopkins out of the game right now at zero? As a manager of a fantasy team, you've got him on your team. I don't care if he's playing two games. Start him. Start him every single night. And the fact that I just mentioned in a week, he outscored three goals to zero and outproduced six points to five. Connor McDavid in a week? That says a lot about where Ryan Nugent Hopkins is as a player. I think he's finally landed. And I do think he comes back next year. Maybe not as top-tier performer, but definitely over a point per game. I could see that happening in his future. I feel he's really rounded out his game. He seems to be playing with a lot more confidence. This is a big kid, too. Like He should have always had this kind of confidence, but I think it just took him a little while to get there, and that's fine. I believe he's 28. Still got like he's still got lots of serviceable years. And if this is who he is from here on out, that's he's gonna end his career over a point a game as one of the better Oilers to ever play, one of the better NHLers. So that's um good for him and great week. And like I said, don't take him out. Just keep him in that lineup. You know what? And you know what? They're they're really leaning on him and not just on a five on five situation. The reason I say that is I'm looking at his ice times for like the last, I want to say what seven games okay. you're looking at 2047 2362 22 eight. sorry uh this is from uh cbs sports so that their uh, numbers are a little off but uh over 23 minutes over 22 over 20 over 20 18 uh tw- so this wow. guy's playing like literally 20 minutes a night and more yeah um you know and like you said he he is 29 years old so i mean you know what he like you said i he's kind of figuring it out maturity comes into play uh I mean, he he's getting the job done. Yeah, like with him and Hyman oh, right now, God, yeah. they're really real. That's like you want to talk about secondary scoring for the Oilers. Yikes! It's, like like th- those are first line numbers. Oh. Those are first line numbers yes. for a lot of teams. That's true. That's a good point. And Hyman's already eclipsed his personal best. So, mm-hmm. like I, I I think I've said this before, but I'll definitely be, I'm happy to say it again. Holland, this is the time. Put all your chips in. You've got secondary secondary scoring figured out. Make two, one or two moves and go all in on this year because this is a year you don't got to worry about secondary scoring. If you go out and you get that defenseman, forget it. Edmonton at that point is a legit contender. Um, they've got too much offensive power. Let's say they go out and they get Carlson or Chitron. It doesn't matter. Let's say it's Carlson that they land with. Carlson, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Hodge, uh, Nugent Hopkins, and Hyman just because that's the scariest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> like there's, I don't think there's a team out there that could actually compete with something like that as a power play. That's, that's way too much firepower. Every single one of those players ha- has already and can put up 
close to 30, if not 40 goals, every single, well, maybe not Carlson, but still like Carlson, <laughs> every single one of those goals, Carlson's one feeding you. And Carlson himself, actually, I believe he's up to 17 goals this year. So he's going to eclipse 20. Mm-hmm. So you've got a defenseman who's going to push 25 goals and the rest of them are all going to be 30 plus. McDavid's going to lead the league with 60 possibly, if not more. And Dreis, well, I haven't even talked about Dreisaitl. Like, what the hell? What a friggin' power play. So, uh, like, Holland, I don't know what you're waiting for. Just give them the move. Just Make do them. it. Do it. Do it. Push them all in. Take my chips. Go. I'm all in with you. Let's go. Fini. Call, call up Arizona and say, listen, I'm going to give you two first rounders yeah. for Jacob Chikrin. And then what you do is you give San Jose a call right after that and you say, I'm going to give you another two first yeah. rounders. You're just going to be further down the line. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We're, going to, we're, talk, we're talking 2028, 20, 29 now, yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. But you'll get your first rounders. You'll get your first. Yeah. And then it's done. And then we're good. And then we got a couple of years of like possibly winning back to back cups. At least at least an opportunity to win one cup because we can't can't let McDavid at some point say, you know what, enough, enough, and ask for a trade. One can dream. Yeah. One can dream. Uh, next up, Charlie McAvoy. Despite missing the awesome. first 20 games or so, Charlie McAvoy leads all Bruins defensemen in points with 39 in 43. Yep. Lately, he's gone off to the tune Jeez. of seven assists in four games, so basically two points a game. Uh, as mentioned at the top, like we talked before, the Bruins are so frigging good this year, there's hardly a reason not to dress him every single week. Um, good this year that he's hardly a reason not to dress him. No, I just I screwed that up. I'm trying to read this straight, and I'm not. I'm getting it all wrong. Oh, yeah, I really oh, – that's what it is. I had him, and I – man, I wish I would have protected him. And I, I, when I say he was on the bubble, he was, like, within the bubble, outside of the bubble, and then back in the – like, he was, he was the bubble. <laughs> there was there – was, it was basically Charlie McAvoy was the bubble, and what do I do with this bubble? And then I opted to – I think I protected – it was him or – I forget who it was. He may not even be on my team anymore. But – when I when I I know this is our first year with the the defensive scoring change, I didn't I didn't see this kind of season coming out of McAvoy at all. I figured he'd be good. I figured he'd be serviceable, and I figured I'd have some regret, but not this much. Because again, I think I I really downplayed where Boston was going and the direction we're going to be. I didn't expect this. Nobody did. So all of that played a factor in my deciding of uh, of ultimately deciding to not protect him, but. Holy shit, man. It, it, it sucks because Joel ended up with him and I'm battling with him for first. So that that's like the icing on the cake or the salt on the wound, I should say. So, yeah. So Charlie McAvoy, sorry, going back to this. He's my beauty. Um, absolutely. Because because there's no better team in the league than Boston Bruins. Why? If you've got him, why would you do anything but dress him again? Another player that if even if he's playing two games that week, you dress him anyways because he can go. He could easily have. Well, he's averaging two point, basically two points a game right now. So that's what you need on defense. Young guy too, twenty five. Yeah, that's another reason why I should have protected him. I could have had a really good defenseman for years to come. So, ugh. okay, let's not talk about that anymore. Okay, uh, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Stutzel and Kachuk as a duo in Ottawa. And this is kudos to Scott. Uh, honestly, he brought that to the forefront for me. I was aware of their prowess, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, to this tune, not so much. Have They have 18 points in their last five games combined, obviously. And that includes their last game against the Bruins, where they're actually held off the score sheet entirely. So at the moment, there doesn't seem to be a hotter duo in the league than these two. 
they've really gelled very well together in this year. And uh, if I'm being honest, I cannot wait until next year. I, I do think there's a lot for them to do this year, but I think in the end, this is just a snippet of what they're capable of doing. And next year, they're going to go off. Ride the wave uh, of points for now. Uh, don't you know? Don't sit them. There's no. There's no point in that because there's no sign of them slowing down whatsoever. Um, and if you've got a keeper league, these obviously I don't need to tell you you're keeping them. But wait, wait until next year. What these two are going to do next year, because uh, I also believe there's going to be a coaching change in Ottawa that they're going to allow these two to just explode and they're going to come out of the gate fast. I just watch like these two players are going to be. Do you remember Alfredson and Heatley or maybe even Spezza and Heatley kind of thing? It, it's going to be the second iteration of that, but these two are going to be, I think it's going to be next level with these guys. These guys are very special. Their talent is is next level. They, they do a really good job of feeding off each other. So this these that's why I had to pick these two as as sort of a combo duo for my, my last beauty. Oh, it, they are a duo. All right. I mean, I don't think there's, I don't think there's two hotter players right now right in the now. NHL. No. Like I and worked, um, you can you can throw Connor McDavid yeah. and Leon Dreisaitl in there. I really do think that these guys are the hottest thing going right now in the NHL as a duo. Yeah. Like I mean, they've just been another. Th- they each had three point games the other night yeah. again. I'm just like, what is going <laughs> on with this? Yeah. And and Stutzel, like, listen. <clears throat> I think we all had it in our heads, like, you know, Kachuk was going to, you know, the pedigree of his father and his brother and so on and so forth. I think we kind of had an idea of what we were kind of getting into there, even, you know, as he made his ascension to one of the better players in the league. Yeah. But I'm sorry, Stutzla? I'm I'm not saying I didn't. The last, was it last year or the year before? He was getting a lot of heat for being a diver. Yeah. That was more of what he was being known of. Sorry. And don't get me wrong. There's been there's been some more diving this year, and and, and listen, maybe that's part of his game. I I don't know, but irregardless, yeah. I I didn't think that Stutzler was gonna pop. Not like like, this. like and and I need to preface this by saying like if you go back and you look at some of his numbers over the first couple of years uh, uh, of him in the league, mm-hmm. they're not bad. Like you could really see this coming. But man, oh man, like we've kind of hit another level this year. Like, I mean, Stutzla himself, it, I mean, the, the guy, what has he gotten a lot? Season he, stats here. So, yeah, so he just eclipsed his personal best. He had 58 last what? year. He's got 59 this year, obviously in less games. He got 59 and 52 this year. He had 58 and 79 last year. He's eclipsed his personal best for goals scored from 22 to 26. Uh, and he's creeping up on his uh, career best for assists. He's currently at 33. His career best is 36. He's It's career year for him right now. At 21 years old. At 21 years old. He is going to be doing wow. this kind of stuff wow. for Scott for so friggin' long. Um, Scott's got the opportunity to be a dynasty himself. I hope these are hexes that I'm doing. Uh, This is this is going to be the the cornerstone of his man. Oh man, that's a good team. It's incredible. Yeah, it is. Scott is. uh, Scott did well. (laughs) So, and I'm going to land my beast with Mackenzie Weger. Mentioned at the top of the show a little bit. There are lots to choose from though from Calgary, but I settled here because I recently saw that the Flames might already be considering moving Weger. So now, in the end, I do think that would be a mistake. 
However, how can anyone blame uh, Brad Truvelling for considering it? Never mind that lately in his last seven games, he has but one assist. But on the season, he's got one goal and 15 assists, which is a far cry from his uh, last two in two seasons in Florida. That saw him average almost 40 points a year. Um, basically stay away from, well, almost anyone in Calgary at this point, but definitely don't want to start Uyghur the rest of the way. I don't see this getting better for Uyghur. Um, how does he potentially uh, turn the season around at this point? Not going to happen. So, uh, I, I, while depending on what your team looks like in terms of a keeper league, I wouldn't necessarily go right out and drop him, especially not right now, but yeah, you, he, he's probably played himself outside of a lot of keeper teams right now. Um, I don't know anyone who would want, I know my dad went out and eagerly got him in the draft. Uh, he couldn't be more disappointed and I don't blame him, especially with our system where we reward goals with two points. He's got one. Like, you're getting nothing from this guy. It's nothing at all. So, yeah, let him go. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it's kind of a bit of a lost season, at least this year. I mean, don't get me wrong. You could still have a really nice back half of the year here. Sure. And and that's kind, that's kind of what you're hoping for, I think, is to see some sort of progression here towards the end of the year, maybe into the playoffs yeah. if they can sneak in, and then kind of keep that going at the start of next year. But... I think this is uh, this is definitely another case where I think you got to wait and see what happens when the next coach comes in. I mean, especially with him and Huberto. Yeah. You know, we went over that with the Calgary segment earlier, and I, I, I too 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 good of a defenseman uh, has shown too much in in a large enough sample size out there in Florida. Um, I, I think he's still a big part of the the defense uh, moving forward. I would be very surprised if they trade him to Kenzie Weger, to be very honest with you, especially with signing him to that contract before the, or I think it was just after the year started or something like that. It was during the year, I believe. It was, yeah. Uh, but either way, but either way, I, I just, I don't think this guy just falls off the face of the earth here this year. I, again, I, you know, sound like a broken record, but we talked about it and I just think it's a matter of a coaching change. And I think you see a little bit of progression there, yeah. if not a lot more than that. Yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. That's uh, episode 50. Congratulations, my man. We made it to 50. Feels good. We did, sir. Yep. Now, I mean, the nice part about it is we actually are over 50, but numerical episodes, right. actual episodes, yeah. uh, not not specials or uh, uh, um, interview with your uncle or anything like that, uh, which, by the, which, by the way, uh, on the program here, I'll take the opportunity to uh, congratulate him. And wish him a uh, nice ride. It sounds like it's a ride off into the sunset a little bit. I don't know if he's cutting all ties with the uh, Castleman Vikings, but uh, the uh, the the uh, the team and uh, organization, I think, over the course of the weekend, had a little uh, yeah little celebration for him, a little really tip nice. of the cap. So I just wanted to make sure that we uh, we mentioned that on the program as well. I did so through Twitter, but you know what? Uh, good on you, Rooster, and uh, absolutely great career, great career, both playing and uh, and coaching. I think uh, five championships, I believe, in seven years or whatever it was. I think that speaks Jesus. volumes. So, uh, yeah. you know what? Tip of the cap to you and uh, go Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> big, big Rangers fan. All right. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you are interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at twoguysaleagueandsomeguests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes on our website at twogalag.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter for all of our info 
Our handle is at Tugalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Thanks for listening, and until next time.